This is a War Machine Rhino. What's up? This is TJP. This is the Swingman Johnny Swinger. This is Father James Mitchell. And you're listening to Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis, Daddy. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Total Nonstop Analysis. I am your host, as always, Carmen Michael, joined by my lovely, beautiful co-hosts, still on their journey through old school TNA, and what a lovely journey it's been, KP and Davis. How are y'all doing tonight? Doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, just got off work. Uh, it's been a pretty boring day, but uh, I got to watch some TNA, so that's a little bit of a highlight. I'm ready to talk about it. How about you, Davis? Fuck today, but I love all y'all. It also was April. It's also April Fool's Day today, and I had I have not fallen for anything. I think I've been the fool all day today. But I did get Carmen a really good Sting cameo by using half of my stimulus. Oh yeah, it was it was wonderful. You know, if I didn't know any better, I think you just got a screen grab of the main cameo on his profile and dubbed it over with your country ass voice. I also use a graphic design app to uh, put cameo logo in the in the side and comic sense. Yes. And comic sense. <laughs> yes. For added funniness. I didn't even realize it was comic sans. Started my day off. Great with that. You know, after that went to a 10 and a half hour video shoot. That was fun. No no heat, 40 degrees inside the room while we recorded. Came straight home and made myself some dinner, watched TNA, and immediately launched into this review. So it's going to be one for the ages. Not quite like the same one we had last week with our special guest, Big Dave. Shout out, Big Dave. You know, we had a lot of response to this episode. I had a lot of people hitting up my DMs talking about how much of a treat Big Dave is and how they appreciated his uh, let's just say uniqueness. So the offer stands an open invitation for Big Dave to come on the podcast whenever he well pleases. Quite the invitation. (laughs) I like having Big Dave on the podcast so it's cool with me. (laughs) But anyway, last week's episode was really fun. We talked about Lockdown 2005, which unfortunately was the last match in the career of someone we'll be talking about a lot today, which was No Gimmicks Needed, Chris Candido. The episode we will be reviewing today is the April 29th, 2005 edition of TNA Impact on FSN. This is uh, a bit of a different show this week. Like I said, we were viewing the final appearance from the wrestling legend. Candido passed away on April 28th, 2005 from acute pneumonia just four days after competing and becoming injured at lockdown. Last week, uh, I misspoke when I said that his final impact appearance was pre-taped before lockdown. That's not the case as this show was taped the Tuesday following. I apologize tremendously for that. I'm doing this podcast off the memory <laughs> that I had of a, you know, a 12-year-old boy watching these for the first time. I haven't watched most of this since I was that age. So, apologies again for the foggy memory. I knew that this coming impact was his last one. Got the tape date mixed up. You know, I'm here to show KP and Davis sort of the history of TNA and I don't feel like you can watch Lockdown without following it up with this episode. So I feel like the best way to handle this is to just talk a little bit about Chris Candido before we get into the review. Candido was probably best known from his time in ECW as a member of the Triple Threat Stable alongside Shane Douglas and Bam Bam Bigelow, as well as his time in WWF as Skip as one half of the Body Donnas, alongside his real-life wife, Sonny, whose real name is Tammy Sitch. He held many titles through pretty much every organization he went to, including the NWA Heavyweight Championship, 
ECW Tag Team Championships, WWF Tag Team Championships, and the WCW Cruiserweight Championship as well. Candido would join TNA in January of 2005 and then pass away just a short three months later at the age of 33. He was well-beloved by his peers and current wrestlers alike, and he is commonly mentioned by Impact Wrestling's Brian Myers as his favorite wrestler of all time. Candido's brother Johnny spoke to ProWrestlingStories.com to say at the funeral, the whole wrestling world, everyone from TNA came, everyone from WWE came. There were lines around the fucking block to go in and see him. We had the service at this very nice church, St. Catherine's. All the guys were there. Pretty much anyone you can name was there. Then we had an after dinner at this big restaurant. And after that, a lot of the guys came to the house, including Sabu and Sandman. So I know y'all are still relatively new to watching wrestling. I know y'all only been watching for a few years. Not so much any of the older stuff. So I wasn't sure if y'all were quite as familiar with Chris Candido. So I just wanted to touch up a little bit on that. You wouldn't really know it from what we've seen from him in TNA, but you know, he is someone who's really respected and considered, you know, a tremendous wrestler. So this loss wasn't a small blow to the community. Obviously, you know, as a 12 year old, I didn't quite grasp that at the time. I knew it was sad, but you know, looking back, the age he was, all the stuff he had accomplished, there's no telling what could have happened in the future for him. But the show kicks off on the original broadcast with a memorial graphic. However, on Impact Plus, they just go right into the show, showing still photos of lockdown before launching into the standard opening video. You know, I'm not sure why Impact Wrestling took out the memorial stuff on this episode. Seems strange to me, but that's a little bit of the backstory. Yeah, it's kind of strange that they took out the memorial beforehand. Because I remember when you, when you said that, I was like, wait a minute, my mind just started out with just a a, 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 a preview of a, a re-look at a lockdown. So I didn't even see like a memorial or anything. Anytime I watch these shows, I'll have just uh, results of the show pulled up on another tab just to copy and paste just the match titles into my notes. But I noticed because it said that it kicked off with a memorial graphic when mine didn't. I was like, wait a minute. So I made sure to pay close attention to the end where they ran another one. Which, spoiler, is not on the Impact Plus version. Why would they get rid of that? I have no idea. That seems a little weird. But if y'all are ready to get into the show as it aired on Impact Plus, I say we hop right along. Let's do it. In the first match of the night, we have representing Team Canada, Mr. Petey Williams. And he's taking on representing McDonald's. We have the Shocker. Shocker starts off the match with control, and he keeps Petey grounded with some fast-paced mat wrestling before doing some good lucha things. He attempts a sunset flip powerbomb to Williams onto the floor, but Petey holds onto the ropes and hits a draping guillotine leg drop. At one point, Petey goes for a sharpshooter, but is flipped into a pinning combination to earn Shocker the win. In just three minutes and 50 seconds. Afterwards, Tanay enters the ring. He has a quick interview with Shocker to get his thoughts on his X Division Championship match against Christopher Daniels at Hard Justice. Shocker says he's proven his worth to the Mexican fans, but he wants to make himself known to the American TNA fans before declaring in Spanish that he will become champion. How'd y'all feel about this opening little bit? Uh, I obviously would have liked for it to go, you know, longer than a few minutes, but from what I saw, I, I uh, I enjoyed of it. Uh, I, I will say though, you, you'll need to start putting some respect to the shocker's name because 
you know, he, you always bring up the McDonald's thing. You always like, you know, uh, make fun of that. So, so when he first, like, when I first didn't watch him his matches and I heard y'all talking about that, I just assumed this guy wasn't, wasn't nothing, but I'm really impressed with Shocker and I'm actually, I'm actually a fan of him currently. And- Sir, I am just referring to <laughs> Shocker as Mike Tanay and Don West refer to Shocker. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to Christopher Daniels and Shocker. That sounds like a banger of a match. Because according to them, no matter how many titles this man has won, no matter what he's done in the wrestling world, nothing quite compares to the fact that he was in a McDonald's commercial. I mean, come on. We're talking about someone who has won countless hair versus mask matches. We're talking about someone who has won the CMLL World Light Heavyweight Championship, Tag Team Championship, the NWA World Light Heavyweight Championship. But have you seen him eat a Big Mac? I personally have not seen him eat a Big Mac. That's your homework for the week. I need to find that commercial. You have to find the commercial. It's important to this whole saga that we're watching. It is, ain't it? Davis, have you seen Shocker eat a Big Mac? I have not seen him eat a Big Mac, but I have seen him wrestle, and dude, dude's, dude's pretty good. And of course, Petey Williams is always great. And then the way you describe the ending of the match, it, it, to me, it looked like Petey kind of pinned himself. Like, I know you said... Well, he got what are you over. saying, Davis? Are you implying that he worked together with Shocker, so Shocker would pin him? No, that's not what I'm saying, but, you know, it kind of looked like that's a bold claim. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I hate I hate to break it to y'all. I know we're on episode like I don't know, you, you don't know seventeen. But wrestling's a work. It's it, it's not. Are it's, you saying we yes, just worked? You're right, Davis. It's hard work to get in it there is, and wrestle. It's hard work. It's very it's very hard work. All in all, it was a really good opener. I just like Prescott said, I wish it was longer. It just, I felt like it was starting to get good. And then pinfall. I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right. Well, after this, we cut to ringside and Mike Tanay and Don West throw to some more replays of the Chris Candido accident. And then we have... What could be a main event anywhere in the world, honestly. We have Sanjay Dutt taking on Buck Quarterman. Pretty special treat we're getting here, guys. I'm not sure if you know of the legend of Buck Quarterman. Uh, tell us, <laughs> tell us, Carmen. Tell, tell us this, this legend. You're fucking killing me. <laughs> well, I will tell you that my favorite Buck Quarterman match is the one that I just watched. I mean, I have I have a question mark by his name because I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I feel like you haven't seen uh, many Buck Quarterman matches. You are totally right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this dude one bit. <laughs> I thought he might have debuted on one of those episodes that I had to miss for whatever reason. But yeah, I, I was like, who oh, the fuck's this you, dude? You mean no, the this episodes is... that you can totally go back and watch on your own? Fuck yeah. you. You mean... <laughs> The assigned homework we're given to make sure that you guys all check off the boxes of TNA's chronological history. Kind of important. (laughs) (laughs) But Quarterman is one half of the tag team put together by Survivor's Johnny Fairplay Davis. How do you not know this? I I didn't know. I was just, you know. Hmm, so what happens when you miss pay-per-views? Shake my head. <laughs> I'm just saying, the more I bust your balls about this, the less time I have to spend bitching about Sanjay Dutt's theme song, because, again, I could not hit mute fast enough. And speaking of fast enough, Sanjay Dutt picks up the win in four minutes and ten seconds with yep. a springboard Hurricane Rana pinning combination. Wait, so that bullshit was longer than Shocker and Williams, who actually had a good match? You are correct. Welcome Damn. to TNA. Our little rant right there was longer than both those matches. It's very true. 
or after the Shocker interview, uh, we we got a, a promo for Hard Justice with a guillotine. Super edgy. Literally. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. All it's right. kind of the entire point of a guillotine. <laughs> but yeah, Sanjay Dutt, his music's pretty great. April Fools. It, uh, yeah, it's still April. God damn it. And speaking of fools, up next, we have the outlaw defeating Mikey Bats in two minutes and 19 seconds. <laughs> outlaw with the huge size advantage. He picks up the win in a very short squash match, much like Mikey Bats. After a modified sleeper hold slam, after the match, three live crew enter the ring and ask Outlaw what his problem is. There's some uh, clear tension here between Conan and BG James. Mm-hmm. And Conan's just such a badass. He is. He's so fucking awesome. I, like like I, dig, I dig everything. I dig the look. I dig the attitude. I dig the fact that he gets right in Billy Gunn's face, even though he's, you know, a good six inches taller Dude, than him. And he Billy just Gunn is so fucking tall. <laughs> Conan says, if you want to be a B.I.B.I., then I'll treat you like a B.I.B.I. and issues a challenge to the outlaw for the following week's impact. I cannot wait. It's a shame we're not reviewing that episode. <laughs> I will we'll watch it on my own. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that promo was great, but also hilarious because I don't know what the fuck he was saying half the time. <laughs> and I don't mean I don't mean that like a always oh, mess with I mean like he was saying some Uh-oh. random shit. I feel like That's... he was getting I think I, I feel like he was saying words uh that he couldn't say on TNA, but making up his on <laughs> finding his way through it. That's just the beauty of Conan. Yeah. What you see, Davis, what he was trying to portray is the fact that he believes that the outlaw is actually a bitch. But really? instead, he, I he calls him a B.I. B.I. Really? Are you trying to call him a that. bitch? Yes. Davis, you need to stop acting like a B.I. B.I. <laughs> so wait, are, are you telling me that 2005 TNA can't, couldn't say bitch, but it's WWE's favorite word? Basically, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of what we're telling you. It's basically what we're saying. Yeah, Conan, though. Conan and the Outlaw. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a good match. I'm just disappointed Conan didn't say, let's get bowdy, bowdy, and rowdy, rowdy. <laughs> that's my favorite thing he ever did. <laughs> but man, the, the Outlaw is... Tall, badass. <laughs> True story. I met him one time. Um, it was WrestleMania Access for WrestleMania 29. I was there with my girlfriend at the time. And, <laughs> and he asked us where we're from. And I said, Alabama. And he said, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him. That's fucking great. <laughs> the, the dude is huge. Like, there's no words. Yeah. Remember the first time I, 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 I guess it was like, I don't know. I guess it was like back when I was watching him in WWE, it, it didn't quite like hit me how big he was when he showed up at AEW and was in the battle Royal and was like towering over people. I was like, Holy fuck. And he was <laughs> taller than Luchasaurus. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Holy shit. How is he that big? He's a big boy. <laughs> Speaking of big boys, we cut to the TNA conference room. I was thinking the conference room was going to be inside the truck or, or like in the bed of the truck, but yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, the streak I was is sad over. About that. The streak is over. Dusty's office did not make an appearance tonight. So it's a sad day. I was really looking forward to another truck segment here, but instead, we are in the conference room. Dusty makes some announcements for the upcoming Hard Justice pay-per-view. Dusty announces a gauntlet for the gold 20-man match to declare the number one contender for the NWA title. And not to get 
all buzzfeedy on y'all. But you'll never guess who wins that one. He then focuses his attention to the AJ Styles Jeff Jarrett NWA World Title main event and announces that UFC star and current day MMA legend Tito Ortiz will be the special referee for this match. Like I understood like when he said that, but beforehand he was talking about Ken Shamrock and he had me fucking confused because I thought he meant Ken Shamrock was the special guest because he mentioned Shamrock. Ken Shamrock and Tito Ortiz did not get along. Gotcha. We'll put it that way. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, Tito Ortiz, huh? Hmm. Which as a 12 year old who was obsessed with UFC and obsessed with wrestling. I thought this was the coolest thing ever. Right. It's it, it's weird. You, you, you don't meet many people who are obsessed with both. Usually it's one or the other. Well, I feel like a lot of people in my circle were obsessed with both. Yeah. But now it's like they chose one over the other. It's like, it's like even back when I was watching it, it was like all the UFC kids thought they were better than the wrestling kids because, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what? I used to be all about UFC. Yeah. Tito Ortiz, and you had uh, Rampage Jackson. Yeah. Forrest Griffin, Anderson Silva. There were so many that I loved back in the day. Uh, the BJ Penn. Chuck Liddell. Yes. Dude, I was all about it. What's actually funny, um, I, I never watched UFC, you know, but... And, and in this modern day, my cousin's actually a big MMA fan, and I'll talk to him. You know, we'll talk about different wrestling things, or he'll, he'll mention something MMA related, and I'm like, the worlds are a lot closer than you would than you would think. Well, especially nowadays, because the UFC does a lot of like almost wrestling style promos. And it's like they're, I don't know. Obviously, the fights aren't you know, predetermined or anything of that nature. But as far as like the promotion for the matches and like all the trash talk, yeah, that's, that's pro wrestling one one baby. It wasn't a UFC, but it was an MMA event. Did you see what happened today at an MMA event? CM Punk yeah. about it. A yeah, guy CM... lost his fucking finger. Yeah. The event that CM Punk was commentating. Yeah. Guy lost his finger in the first round. And, and he the... continued, into the second round yeah, until the referee stopped the match. Cause like, Hey, you only have nine fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If y'all are listening to this and haven't seen that yet, obviously viewer discretion advised, but if you're not faint of heart, I would check that out because, uh, it's pretty gruesome. It's a close up of him in the corner. It just kind of zooms in of them. Like, pouring water on this dude's hand they're just like oh hey <laughs> there should yes. be a finger there <laughs> yeah it, it apparently i don't know i haven't looked at any like updates on it but apparently at the time when i was uh looking at it th- they didn't uh know where his finger was <laughs> about to say the update is it's still missing talk about when life really gives you the finger am i right but i'm tish thank you thank you i'll be here all night <laughs> after this announcement though Jeff Jarrett is not too pleased. He comes out of the back dressed as the dad of the Backstreet Boys. And he approaches the commentary table. (laughs) (laughs) He's he gets on top of the commentary table with the microphone. He says he does not care that Tito Ortiz is coming. He fears nobody. He talks about how he beat four men in a King of the Mountain match to become NWA world champion. And he has a victims list that goes on and on and on. Jarrett says he's no Ken Shamrock and he will slap the taste out of the mouth of Ortiz and will walk out NWA champion. I just like how Jeff Jarrett just, you know, Talks about all the people he hit with a guitar for the title. He's never hit anyone with a guitar. <laughs> Did you not listen to his lawyer? Yeah, God. 
His lawyer said he never used a guitar once. And lawyers never lie. They don't. It's true. I, I went back and looked. I it's, couldn't find it. I couldn't find any proof. It's against the law. I couldn't find any proof of him hitting that's, anybody with a guitar. That's where they get you. Yeah. But really, Jeff Jarrett said he's going to slap the taste of Tito Ortiz's mouth. Really? I can't wait to see him try. I don't think he's going to do that. I just want to know where he got the audacity to walk around in the white jeans, white compression tank combo. It's like, this dude tried so hard to have swag. Like, the drip was there. It was just on the wrong person. <laughs> like, if someone else on the roster was walking around like this, you'd be like, that's the coolest dude yeah. I've ever seen. But the fact that it's Jeff Jarrett, yeah. who looks like he's going through a midlife crisis, yeah. wearing some if Conan gas station shades. If showed up wearing that, it would be awesome. Oh, yeah. It'd be chef's kiss. Like I said, because it's middle-aged dad... Jeff Jarrett coming out with his Fu Manchu and his shaggy blonde hair looking like, you know, he's about to try out to be <laughs> the newest member of the Beach Boys. Like, it doesn't really work out. You know what I'm saying? I think I should rock this look at a New South show. I would love to see that. I might break it out in Tampa while I'm down for WrestleMania weekend. Damn it. Well, I'll get to watch it on IWTV, but yeah. This going to do it and have my phone blare just boy band music everywhere I go. <laughs> I'll do, do that, guy. Do it. I'll get videos of me doing a choreographed in-sync dance with Alley Cat. I'll get all of it. Well, as fun as it is to make fun of good old Double J, Mr. Slapnuts himself, Jeff Jarrett, it's time to get into our main event of the evening, an NWA World Tag Team title match. America's Most Wanted defending their titles against the Naturals, along with Chris Candido. Candido making his last TNA appearance, enters on crutches, and he cuts a pre-match promo. He talks about the gruesome injury he suffered, and he says that he loves his boys, and nothing is going to keep him from this day. His boys are going to take the tag team championship, and then Douglas pulls up a chair ringside for Candido to watch. Match starts off really hot. We have a 30-minute time limit, as always, for our championship matches. The two teams fight throughout the impact zone, with AMW maintaining most of the control, and this is a really entertaining match. I had a lot of fun watching this one. There was a chaotic ending, which follow along here. There's a lot of moving parts. Andy Douglas enters the ring with the tag team title to distract the referee while Chris Candido slides a chair to chase Stevens. As Douglas is hit with a super kick from James Storm, James Storm is then laid out with a chair shot by Chase Stevens, who is then speared by Chris Harris, leaving all four men incapacitated. So if you're following along, all four men are on the mat. Candido sees an opportunity. He slides into the ring and rolls Andy Douglas onto James Storm to score the pinfall and secure the victory for the Naturals in 17 minutes and 46 seconds. It was an excellent match. I enjoyed every bit of this. By far, match of the night on the show, which, you know, isn't saying much. Yeah, I was about to say that. It's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, though, Candido sitting on the floor. He celebrates with both titles. He's smiling from ear to ear, kissing the championships, and he looks as happy as he could possibly be. And this is the image that's, you know, it's going to stand out to a lot of people, which in retrospect, obviously they didn't know what was going to happen. I'm sure they wanted to give him a moment because of his broken leg, but 
you know, in retrospect with this being his last TNA moment to have him, you know, holding both the titles kind of sentimental. Yeah. Unfortunately though, Mike Tanay then grabs the mic and gets up from the commentary table and for some reason just terrorizes Chris Candido. Like Candido is hurting. He's holding his leg. Sit, made his way to a chair ringside. And he's just yelling in the face of Candido, talking about how he should be ashamed for being a difference maker in this match and was demanding that he be a man and give AMW a rematch ASAP. And he just comes across like a total bully. <laughs> like, I get that Candido is supposed to be the bad guy here. But, like, it just seems really pushy for Mike Tanay of all people. That'd be one thing if Dusty Rhodes came out there. Was like, listen here, baby. Mm-mm, it ain't gonna go down like that. But when you have Mike Tanay just like, you should give him a title shot. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It just seems a little demanding, but you know, show ends. Candido still smiling, holding the titles with the naturals, but you can tell on his face though. He's in a lot of pain. And this is where the impact plus feed cuts out. But on the original broadcast to close the show, we have a graphic of Candido on the floor holding the tag team titles in the words, Chris Candido, 1972 to 2005. So I feel like that was a pretty, pretty fitting tribute to him yeah. on the original broadcast. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like that picture too of him holding the titles. It's nice, nice touch. You know, of course, you know, that they didn't know what they were doing at that time, but yeah. It's not nice yeah. touch. I will say commentary did say a line during that match that I bet they probably wish they wouldn't have. Uh, I forgot who it was. Somebody said something along the lines of that that Candido broke his leg, uh, 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 to all the bad stuff he's done. That that was karma getting him back. Was yeah, like, that was that was Don uh, West who said that, and I remember. I was like, yeah. As soon as he said it, I was like, dude, what the fuck. Yeah, like, like I get he's I get he's supposed to be a bad guy, but dude, calm down. <laughs> you shouldn't wish that on anyone. That yeah, that's painful. Yeah, all in all, that was a solid match, and it's as someone that is thirty two years old, it's 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 a little disheartening to know that, that this guy died so young, and that sometimes shit could just happen, and you 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 can't you know you can't predict shit like this, and it's very sad. It is sad, and you know I hate to you know have to do an episode like this where it's starts off and ends more somber. But like I said, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to trying to teach y'all the history of TNA without it. It just wouldn't seem right to cover lockdown and skip over this, knowing that you know lockdown played a crucial part in what happened here. But that was our show. April 29th, 2005, Impact Wrestling. What were your initial thoughts, KP? It's an all right show. You know, I wish the matches were longer. Well, most matches were longer. The main event was excellent, and I'm happy with how it turned out. Uh, it's it's really sad hearing about Candido and stuff, uh, but I'm, uh, I'm glad he got to have this final appearance, even though they didn't know it was. But, you know, it's... Uh, I felt I felt it was a touching, uh, touching way to end to end his run. I'm excited for the Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles match, though. Hard Justice, or like uh, I'm already like getting excited about Hard Justice. Speaking of Hard Justice, I will go over the match card with y'all momentarily. But first, Davis, what were your initial thoughts on the show? Yeah, I mean it was it was. Wasn't the, it wasn't, it wasn't the best in the world, but, you know, a, a good opener, a solid main event, and I know circumstances surrounding it is, you know, sad and a little depressing, but 
you know, at least he did ha- get to have that moment, even though, you know, they didn't know it, but at least he got to have it. And even though I didn't, I don't really know Candido as far as what he's done. It was still, you know, still good to see him have that moment. And like, I don't know. I will say, I do feel like you need to go back. Both of you just watch some of Candido's work in ECW with the triple threat. There is a lot of different iterations of the triple threat, but I think most people would probably, you know, see the triple threat as Shane Douglas, Chris Candido and Bam Bam Bigelow. They're not the original group. The original group was Douglas, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. But, you know, there was always revolving members with Douglas always sort of being the centerpiece. But check out some of that work with Candido, Bigelow, and Douglas. I feel like y'all would really, really enjoy it. But is there a legal way to watch ECW anymore? Well, it was on the WWE Network. Yes, yeah, now, now that things are being transferred to Peacock, I know... It's very hit or miss on what's on there right now. They just sort of have random pay-per-views. And even then, like it's, it hasn't really been established what's being edited out of programming. Like if they want to get rid of the racist stuff, like, you know, go right ahead. But like, I'm just curious of what happens to stuff like ECW or stuff like the Attitude Era where there was yeah. more racy stuff. Like, clearly people are going to watch it now, but okay, that was tacky, but you know, that's just part of living in the nineties. But like, I wonder how much of the ECW content is going to get scrubbed. I haven't tried it myself or even really looked into it, but apparently with the VPN, you can still watch the network. Yes, but those videos are also getting edited. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love those uh those memes where it says Peacock going through the, the WWE library and and in the, and it shows them getting to the attitude error. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Your best bet would be to find some old VHS tapes. <laughs> well, which, that's the, can, but, which can be found on eBay, but you know, personally, I've been thinking about that anyway, just because even when I did watch ECW on the network, it was kind of unbearable because they dubbed over all the music. So you couldn't really get the true ECW vibe because all pretty much all of ECW's music was licensed music that, you know, they didn't get the license for. Well, that's <laughs> so they, the problem. Would, they would have like Metallica and Alice in Chains and all kinds of really good music. But obviously you can't put that on the WWE Network. So they just dub over it with generic rock music, which also covers commentary and the fans. So kind of kills the vibe. That's the problem with like even, even watching old WCW. They just use everybody's WWE themes. I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, Chris Jericho most certainly did not come out to break the walls down. <laughs> He came out to some Pearl Jam ripoff music the way God intended, damn it. I want to go edit some WCW footage and have him coming out to Judas. I'm pretty sure that already exists. I haven't seen it, but like I, I feel like it's something that would probably already be out there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. See, I'm going to go the opposite way, and I'm going to take some AEW footage and put the WCW song over it, but then not post it because I don't want Tony Khan shitting all over me on Twitter. <laughs> Well, if that's all for initial thoughts, Davis, I know you said before the show you had something you wanted to share. Yeah, so it's not a a whole lot here, and it's uh, considering they just lost the tag titles, um, it's probably not the best time to do this. But uh, as as the day of recording this, uh, two days ago on Impact, James Stewart had his 1,000th match. And right before that, AMW reunited. Yeah, I saw that. It was a nice little moment. You know, James Storm celebrating his 1,000th match 
under the TNA banner. Thought it was really cool or impact wrestling banner, I guess now, but you know, for James storm and Chris Harris to pretty much, you know, be there at the very beginning of TNA, you know, they, they came and went and, you know, they had their ups and downs as tag team partners, but it it was good to see them come back, at least for one night only. And I know they didn't team up or anything, but just to see them hug it out was a feel-good moment. Well, actually, you know, they, they didn't team up, but uh, during the match, uh, Chris Harris did get actually involved in it somewhat and kind of helped James. Um, but then on top of that, I noticed on uh, Impact's YouTube channel that they have the Team Canada vs. AMW match from Final Resolution, I believe, for free, full match. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're good about free content on YouTube. So, they've got a ton of full matches and moments all through history. And highly good. recommend that. They've actually got one of the uh, highest subscribed wrestling channels on YouTube. So. Well-deserved, in my opinion. But that's the end of this episode. Next week, we will be reviewing Hard Justice 2005. And I've got the card pulled up in front of me, so I just want to run that down real quick. This is normally the section where we have fan questions. But given the topic of the show, just didn't seem appropriate. But I'm going to run down the card real quick. I'll cut to y'all, see you know, what you're most excited for, what you're not looking forward to, what may be the sleeper match of the night, you know, just whatever comes to mind. But coming up next week, we have Team Canada, the combination of Eric Young and Petey Williams taking on Apollo and Sonny Siaki. Michael Shane and Trinity taking on Chris Sabin and Tracy. Raven taking on Sean Waltman in the Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. Monty Brown in the Outlaw versus Diamond Dallas Page and Ron the Truth Killings. The Naturals defending their NWA World Tag Team Championships against. America's Most Wanted. Christopher Daniels defending his TNA X Division Championship against McDonald's The Shocker. We then have a gauntlet for the gold battle royal to declare the new number one contender for the NWA Championship. And then in our main event, AJ Styles versus Jeff Jarrett for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship with special referee Tito Ortiz. So that's the card we have to look forward to. Do any of those matches sort of pique your interest there, KP? I'm sorry, did you say uh, Raven and Sean Waltman in a clockwork orange? Raven? and Sean Waltman in a Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. Okay, I'm, yeah, completely on board just from <laughs> just from the name of the match and hearing them too. <laughs> this is not the first Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. I've never it's, seen Clockwork Orange it's, uh, House it's, of Fun match. I've seen Clockwork Orange, and I know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a match where, like, Raven just, like, hold people's eyes open and makes them watch really bad Jeff Jarrett promos, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, but this is Raven's specialty match. He's done a few of these already. This specialty match? Yes. Oh, wow. I thought his specialty was Raven's rules. Well, not in TNA. (laughs) Obviously. And then, did you say... Monty Brown and the Outlaw versus DDP and Ron Killings. That is exactly what it sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already looking forward to that one as well. Damn. 
It does sound pretty good. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I hope it doesn't see, disappoint me. <laughs> see, I thought I'd be like excited about the X Division, but TNA's gotten me switched now to where I'm excited about these random ass gimmick <laughs> matches, random tag teams. So, just a heads up, like, I mean, obviously, I know the results of what happens next week, but the only thing I like actually remember about the show next week is the gauntlet for the gold battle Royal, which I mean, we've seen these matches before and it's a number one contenders match for the NWA title. So you never know who may show up or who may win. Did they announce any of the participants in that? I'm sure they did, but we didn't see it. Well, we didn't see half the other matches either, which you still told us. Well, yeah, but I can't tell you the entrance. It's the whole point. They're surprises. So with that being said, it's time for our ratings. Y'all know the drill by now. If you are new and listening to us, first of all, thanks for letting us into your ears. You know, it's a pleasure being here. That's it's really nice. I, I enjoy what you've done with the place. But here at Total Nonstop Analysis, we have a bit of a system here. And our ratings system goes a little something like this. From top to bottom, we have TN Amazing. TNA. TN. TN Acceptable. And at the very bottom. TN awful. So with that being said, those are our ratings. Davis, let's start with you to switch things up. How would you review this unique episode of Total Nonstop Actions impact on FSN? I'm going to have to say it was a TN acceptable. And I feel really bad about doing that. But despite the main event and that pretty good opener, this was not a good show. And yeah, just TN acceptable is, are you getting out of me tonight? KP, what about you, buddy? I'm going to give it a solid TN. Uh, The opening match was fun. The main event was great. There was some build for Hard Justice, but other than that, there really wasn't much that I would say I could go back and be like, oh yeah, I remember that from this episode. Like, and not a lot of stuff stood out in this episode. But I, I did like the the uh, the the little thing for Chris Candino unknowingly. I thought it was a you know it was a good good way to end to send him off. As for me, much like you just said, KP, not a lot memorable on this episode. If anything, you know, it's just remembered as Chris Candido's last appearance. But I would say it's not one of those matches you absolutely need to go out of your way to see. But if you're a fan of Chris Candido, you're a fan of the Naturals, you're a fan of America's Most Wanted, this is a really fun match. And... Like I said, I'm not like highly encouraging you go to out of your way to watch it. But it's a really good watch. I would go back and watch that match again. So for me, it feels weird trying to grade a show like this, knowing what happened. You know, I debated on grading it on a curve or grading it honestly, but no matter which way I do it, I just feel weird depending on the situation. So I'm just going to go smack dab in the middle. I'm going TN. Eh, just because I don't know where else to put this. It's kind of an anomaly. But with that, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Carmen M. Childers. You can find the podcast on Twitter at TN Analysis. 
You can get our merch at storefrontier.com slash total nonstop analysis. You know, got a busy week coming up. About to head down to Tampa, Florida for WrestleMania weekend for my first ever WrestleMania weekend bookings, which is strange. But I will be doing some ring announcing down there, hopefully doing some commentary. We will see where the wind takes me. But KP, can you tell the fine, fine people at home welcoming us into their luscious, glorious earbuds? Where they can find you on Twitter and what you have going on this week. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle S. Prescott. And this week, what I have going on is Saturday, I will be in Nashville going to my first horror convention, the Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival. What? Uh, yep. Oh, Sounds yeah. right up your alley. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. It's my first one. Uh, I'm hopefully going to get my picture made with Kane Hodder. And uh, I'm looking, I'm mostly looking forward to the vendors that are there. I can't wait to see what I can find, possibly add to my collection. Man, I loved him in WWE. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know you you listeners can't see our reactions, but that was the dirtiest look I've ever seen on the face of Kyle S. Prescott. I've known you for probably going on like 10 years now, and I've never seen that look on your face. That was beautiful. (laughs) I had to do it. Davis, what about you? Where can these beautiful, fine, lovely, talented, and extraordinary people find you on Twitter? And what do you have going on? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Kyrick3289. That's K-Y-R-I-C-3289. Uh, currently, we are still on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Kyrick. <clears throat> we have started a playthrough of Retromania Wrestling Story Mode and still playing Final Fantasy X. Um, and as far as this weekend, I have to work my dumb retail job. So you mean you're taking your Nintendo Switch to play Retromania while at work? Right? Eh? Uh, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good maybe, idea. Maybe. Maybe. I would probably just take my tablet and watch, I don't know. Porn. Porn. Yeah, porn. Hard Justice, maybe? That's a thought. Good, and good speaking of Hard Justice... That concludes this episode. We will see y'all next week. Be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcasts next Tuesday as me, KP, and Davis get hard. Get hard.